Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to ZorkCast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of ZorkCast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. Today, we have a guest, my good friend and fellow bourbon drinker, John Morris. John is the creator of wheelchairtravel.org and one of the most inspirational travelers I know. So, welcome, John. How are you doing today? I'm well, Michael. How are you? I, it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's really cold and really snowy in London, which I don't, well, I think it's just sort of taken me by surprise. Not the cold so much, but the snow, but it's, it's definitely beautiful. So I guess I can't complain too much. Well, not to gloat, but the temperature today in Orlando, Florida is 75 degrees and sunny. There's a little bit of cloud cover. But it's a uh, fantastic day here. Ah, oh, you Florida boys! There's a lot of there's a lot of envy there from from most of the world. But you know, you don't get all the seasons. So, and you also get hurricanes. So, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, there are trade offs, as we always say. That is true. That is true. The hurricanes are not fun, but I typically hop on a plane and evacuate. Yes, that's exactly what I would expect you to do. So let's let's first start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, John, because I don't know how many of my listeners are familiar with your website and with your extensive travels, which are so extensive that I'm always telling you to stay in one place for longer, but you never listen to me. Give us give us a little, you know, brief background of your story. Well, yeah. So about uh, nine months before I was born. All right, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I went to university at Florida State, and that's where I found my love of travel was in college. And at the time, I was an able-bodied person. I didn't have a disability, and I would take mileage runs on the weekends. Uh, at the beginning, I was a segment runner trying to get those 50 segments to get Delta Gold status. And then, you know, I faced a, you know, a life-changing event uh, shortly after I left graduate school, which resulted in my becoming a wheelchair user and a triple amputee. And I was bedridden for a year as I tried to recover from the injuries in my car accident. But it wasn't long after that that I rediscovered my love for travel and realized that traveling with a disability was possible. And so through my website, wheelchairtravel.org, I'm able to share that possibility with other people with disabilities all around the world. And I've really been inspired by the the desire that people have have for accessible travel and and opening their world and meeting new people and seeing new places and i'm just so happy and honored to be a part of that in the lives of so many people 
Well, as I've told you many times, I find you to be one of the most inspirational people that I know. And I would pretty much so put you up there as the most inspirational traveler that I know. I also, I mean, just from a technical side and from a usability side, I I find your website to be absolutely marvelous. I don't spend as much time on it as I should because, you know, time is limited. But I, I just think you've I mean, you have put so much into that, and I'm really impressed by it. So I just knitted. I don't know if I've told you that before, but I just wanted to make sure you know that because I definitely notice, and I'm sure a lot of your readers also do notice. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I started the website just as a few notes about accessibility for cities I'd visited in Asia. And then as the demand grew for the website, I started receiving emails from from other people with disabilities asking for more information about cities all around the world. So I've grown the website significantly over the past few years, and now there are more than 40 accessible travel guides to cities all around the world, from Chicago to Cape Town and all all places in between. It's just really awesome stuff. And also Vegas. Don't forget Vegas. Oh, absolutely. Las Vegas. I uh, can't wait to hang out with the crew at Zorkfest later this year. I think we're going to have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend where we're actually going to make a lot of memories. Oh, I think so. And it's uh, it's going to be probably one of the first times I'm going to have to get you up to a craps table because, you know, I need to I need to see if, you know, we can qualify you on rolling the dice because we haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that my lucky hand is my left hand because it's the one I'm, I was left with after the the car accident. But I'm also a left-handed person, so I should be quite skilled at, at throwing the dice. Okay. This is, this is, this is good. This is very, very good to know. And if anyone has not seen it before, I'll post a link also in the show notes. John did a wonderful article for Travel Zork on Las Vegas, which I've gotten a lot of great feedback. And I thank you for that again. And there's also a fabulous picture on the top of that article with you on the uh, Slotzilla zipline, I think it's called. And that's yeah. one of my favorite pictures of you. Well, you know, that uh, Las Vegas is in a unique position to attract the disability travel market. And uh, that accessibility has made its way into a lot of different attractions from the casinos themselves to, you know, incredible or extreme activities like zip lining. And I was just so thrilled to be able to fly like Superman over Fremont Street, and it was it was a thrill that I may be looking to re- repeat in Vegas later this year. Ooh, I've never done that zip line, but I'm sort of interested in it. I've done a couple of the rides at the top of the Stratosphere many, many years ago, so I'm I'm also sort of curious to check that out again. This is going to be an unusual trip to Vegas for me because I'm going to be there for close to a week. So I will have some, even though I have a really busy, really busy first couple of days, I'm hoping to have a little bit of time to do some exploring. So I have to think about maybe we'll do some of those things together because that could be interesting. 
And, you know, we can get four uh, people in a line riding the Slotzilla at one time, so we're going to have to find two other companions as well. I think I think we'll be able to do that. I don't think it's going to be too hard, especially if you see the group of people who are coming to Zorkfest. A lot of people like that like that kind of stuff. So I think there's definite, definite possibility there. So one of the one of the things that I always think about, because I know you run into so many different situations in your life and you always have such you always put a such a positive spin on everything, be it when I just think off the top of my head, the issues you've had in Cairo airport traveling around or crazy transfer situations when you've been taken off the airplane and left on the runway. So what's what would you say is your funniest travel story? And I guess maybe it wasn't funny at the time it was happening, but, you know, is just a story that you like to share, you know, with regard to your, you know, with regard to your travels or your travels over the last few years? Well, you know, looking back on on all of the stories that I could tell, there's one very, very, that, that occurred very early on. I started traveling with my wheelchair in January of 2014, and I took my very first international trip with the wheelchair in April of that year to Beijing. I was committed to sitting atop the Great Wall of China. But when I took that trip, accessibility in Beijing is a challenge. And I was having to redirect my route so often to find accessible sidewalks with, with curb cuts that I could access in my wheelchair and I was riding on the streets and I was depleting my wheelchair battery pretty quickly. And I think the second night I was there, I was about four blocks from my hotel when my wheelchair ran out of power. And I'm sitting there on the sidewalk in the dark. It's nine or 10 o'clock at night. And I keep asking people as they walk by, do you speak English? Because I was going to need assistance to the hotel and maybe five or six groups of people passed by before I met a Malaysian businessman who offered to push me the four blocks to my hotel. And while that may not necessarily be a funny story, more of a tragic one perhaps, it taught me very early on that some of our best resources are the people around us, whether they're our friends or complete strangers. And I really think that people in the world are our safety net. And so I'm very, I, I travel with such confidence now, knowing that if I ever do encounter a situation that will present a challenge that I can't overcome on my own, that there will always be somewhere, someone there to help me. And that's the, that's the confidence I think that empowers me to travel as much as I do into some of the least accessible destinations in the world. Be Beijing is, is one example, but I've also been to places like Cairo, Egypt and uh, Cambodia and others. So I, I'm just really inspired by the, the goodness in people. And, you know, that's just such a wonderful thing to hear because 
we live in a world, unfortunately, with so much negativity or focus on negativity that it's really just wonderful to hear about the generosity and goodness of people. It's just, it's just a great thing, especially because that's sort of a global thing. And I honestly, I believe that there is so much goodness out there in the world. It's just sometimes weird or the world just is focusing a little bit too much on the negative or that's maybe the way the news likes it. <laughs> but no, that's a, that's a great story. And I think I remember you telling me that before and that's, yeah, it's pretty incredible, but you knew it was going to work out, which is also incredible. There, there were a few moments where I was concerned when, when no one was speaking English and unable to, to understand me, but that's another great benefit I have in being in a, uh, English speaking traveler in that I will always find someone eventually who speaks my language and I can continue being lazy and not learning a foreign language. <laughs> no, that's, that's really, it, it's a, it's true. You're very, very fortunate. You know, we, we sometimes forget that with regard to language. So I know that we often talk a lot about the travel industry. I know you and I love to talk about premium travel and banter about, you know, well, I always am talking about glassware and you're talking about Woodford Reserve. <laughs> and I, I know we, we like to, you know, obviously you've done a lot of premium travel. You are a executive platinum on American Airlines, which for those who don't know is the highest, I guess I call it the highest public tier. I'm hoping one day you will become concierge key because that would make you very much so like George Clooney in the movie Up in the Air, and I think you deserve that. It would bring you great street cred. Uh, but, you know, and you got to make that happen, John, okay? I mean... Well, you know, I'll keep tweeting them. <laughs> Give me CK, please. I, I'm actually... Up in the Air, for a long time, was my favorite movie. I've stayed at some of the hotels featured in that movie, and I've pretended to be Ryan Bingham. And I even back in the day, this was before the wheelchair, but I stayed at the Renaissance St. Louis Airport Hotel, which in the movie Up in the Air was marketed as a Hilton. So he was Ryan Bingham. George Clooney was lounging in the Renaissance bed with the Renaissance style lamps wearing a Hilton bathrobe. <laughs> oh. and, but I stayed in that hotel and I reshot one of the iconic scenes where George was leaving the hotel, rolling his suitcase, and uh, I shot that on video, shared it with my college friends, and I felt really cool, but I did not have concierge key. That is really going to be the, the cherry on top. Well, we need to make that happen. I think we should start, we should start a viral Twitter campaign because I think, I think the world needs a concierge key like John Morris. So I'm going to, I'm adding that to my, very long list of things to work on over the next six months. But I wanted to get to one because we're basically running out of time. We're a little bit over, but that's okay because it's definitely worth it with you. I know that 
if there's just one thing to close with, and I know we've talked about this uh, quite a bit, but if there was one thing you could do to impress the travel industry and government agencies to understand better with regard to disability travel, and I know this is tough because we're saying one, you know, one thing, what would that be? Well, I think the message that I want to send to the travel industry is that the market for accessible travel is huge. 19% of Americans have a disability. And so we comprise a substantial portion of not just the U.S. economy, but the world economy. And just like, you know, you, I have a desire to spend my disposable income on travel experiences. And so I think the process needs to be designed in such a way that it is as stress and hassle-free as possible. And so there are a lot of examples of of the stresses uh, and challenges associated with traveling with a disability. But I think that if the airlines and hotels would begin a dialogue with people like me, we could create a, a travel experience that really caters to the needs of, of people with disabilities. And that's what I would really like to see is a renewed commitment to accessibility and travel and a commitment to courting our, you know, spending our, our dollars, our, our disposable income. I just don't feel like people with disabilities yet have a voice within the travel industry. And I, I would like to see that change. Wow. And I absolutely agree with that. The only thing I would say is that you're becoming quite a voice for people who travel, you know, who travel and have a disability. So, I mean, you are actually, to me, you're one of the people that's becoming that voice, which is amazing, you know, and something that you should really be proud of. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, John, I really enjoyed having you on Zorkcast today. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I just want you to remind people all the different places that they can find you and find your content and reach out to you. So go for it. <laughs> so my website is wheelchairtravel.org, and you can follow me on Facebook at slash wheelchair travel and Instagram at slash wheelchair travel, but due to that pesky character limit on Twitter, I am WC travel org. So wheelchair travel org, basically. So yeah, I'd love for you to follow along and figure out what's going on in the world of wheelchair accessible travel. That is awesome. And I will put all of those places in the show notes. And if you want to meet John Morris, live and in person, he will be at Zorkfest in May, and he would love to have a bourbon with you, or he'd even love it if you'd buy him a bourbon, right? Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. <laughs> Absolutely. I love bourbon, but, you know, I'm a stickler. It has to be Woodford. No problem. I'm sure we can arrange that. Well, until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.